Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the latest, definitely the greatest edition, 170-something deep, Nick's nonfiction, Nick Munez, presenting Mortimer J. Adler's How to Read a Book. Are you challenging me? I'm unleashing the power of 10 shaggies on God mode today. Bro, we're talking about how to raise your IQ. Books? Spoiler alert, they work. With over half a million copies sold, this book has taught more people how to read than Frederick Douglass. I just turned a quote into a joke. Frederick Douglass, we're going to learn about autodidacts today. He's got that quote in mind. This isn't funny. When a slave becomes a happy slave, he has renounced everything that makes him human. See a lot of happy slaves out there. And I don't like it. <laughs> you're technically a free man, I know, because your job pays you small amounts of money. Me too. I can't talk about anything I want to at work, but I'm free. I'm to be honest with you. I, I'm kind of retarded. Bro, this guy is like so up his own ass that I'm going to have to bring it down a couple brows today because he calls himself a philosopher and an author of hundreds of books. Bro, you've seen it. If you just go back to listen to episode one, I've tripled my IQ. And that's because I started at 20. <laughs> Bro, if the only thing you consume nowadays comes from the hierarchy, you're living in Plato's cave. Episode 10, Nick's Nonfiction. We're gonna jack those IQs today. I'm about to sneak into an SAT just to see how good my comprehension got. <laughs> Frederick Douglass. He taught you how to read. I'm gonna teach you how to read between the lines. And this isn't some teacher-student bullshit. I'm just chilling here. I don't have to do this. Anyway, author Mortimer J. Adler, he's going to friggin' preach from us from the ivory tower. I'm thinking of writing a book on how to go downstairs. Make it a step-by-step -step guide. When I go to prison, I'm going to start a book club. Call it Pros and Cons. What book did Tarzan write? Lord of the Swings. I'll be back with Mortimer about the author. About the author, Mortimer J. Adler. Harry Schwann on Instagram, patreon.com slash the niche support. Dr. Mortimer J. Adler was the chairman and board of the Encyclopedia Britannica. What do you call an encyclopedia that you left in the fridge? Cold, hard facts. Did you see this? Has anybody seen this? Have you heard this? California banned Huckleberry Finn. That guy was supposed to do some painting for me. I guess he's still on the fence. He directed the Institute for Philosophical Research and is honorary trustee of the Aspen Institute. I never understood why Aspen was so poplar. Industrial society and its future. You probably don't get that joke because it's about nature and foliage. Touch some grass. Quote, the ability to retain a child's view of world with at the same time a mature understanding of what it means to retain it is extremely rare. A person who has these qualities is likely to be able to contribute something really important to our thinking. We're going to have helpful tips. That's a, just a taste of how douchey this guy is. Naps help you retain information. That's your first free tip. I wish I knew that earlier when I was in school. <laughs> More hot tips coming up after some memes. Chapter 1, How to Read a Book for Readers. I'm going to start out with a quote that explains why people would hate my persona. 
Is it too much to expect from the schools that they train their students not only to interpret, but to criticize? Dude, it's lame, but truth, I'm a book critic. And people think I'm just going to regurgitate information, so I turn off half the people that way. Like, if you just want to believe in the text, go read the fucking Bible, bro. We need to pick this shit apart. When I read these books, I'm not just being a robot. Downloading hard drive thesis number one. I'm actively criticizing every word the author writes. Pseudo-intellectuality, that's by definition. You're just in taking shit without questioning. Books aren't what make you smart. Neither are movies or plays. There's people with a ton of life experience and they're still dense as a brick. Bro, what makes you smart is questioning, reflecting, and integrating. It doesn't have to be books. It could be anything. But you have to have an active mind. Question, reflect, and I'm a douche. Like, seriously, that's the biggest problem with education. Retention is not a valuable skill. Memorize the times tables. I have a calculator in my pocket. You said I wouldn't. You lied. <laughs> like, it's because we're never taught how to criticize that people just gobble up what they're fed. And listen really close today, guys. This author is fucking woke. The complexities of adult life get in the way of the truth. The great philosophers have always been able to clear away the complexities and see simple distinctions. Simple once they are stated, vastly difficult before. If we are to follow them, we too must be childlessly simple. That's why people love a comedian. They can say what you weren't able to put into words. Like, let's break it down to the brass tacks of what he's going to get to. Most people are mental infants. We're being inundated with facts at the cost of being able to understand. And it's still too douchey. Everyone's too pussy to seek out the real truth. Just do what you're told and spit out the facts. Mortimer's whole first subchapter is about getting owned by books. <laughs> For real, bro. Check out this quote. But the packaging is often done so efficiently that readers do not make up their own mind at all. I gotta break up the quote, bro. It Just because something is tidily packaged doesn't mean you're learning more. All these graphics on Fox and CNN, it's made for babies. Just show me the data. You, there, you know what I'm talking about? He's saying books, just because it's put together well, it doesn't mean it's true. <laughs> Quote, instead he asserts a packaged opinion into his mind, somewhat like inserting a cassette into a cassette player. He then pushes a button and plays back the opinion whenever it seems appropriate to do so. He has performed acceptably without having to think. Like I'm saying, people are running this CNN cassette in their mind, and I'm running the distilled version of a hundred different books I've read. 170-something. I've read thousands, you fucks. I read this book, Freeing the Captive, the other day. Well, I don't know. His first concept here is active reading. Or as I say, question everything. Like it's no coincidence that the three richest comedians are conspiracy theorists. You don't have to believe in aliens or fluoride. It's just about going down rabbit holes. It teaches you how to think. Discernment. And like, people are just too pussy to ask questions. Fucking... There's guys making millions on Patreon because they are not saying the Hegelian dialect. All I'm trying to say here is that reading rates are falling. <laughs> Another one. Still, they're still falling while we talk. <laughs> like, uh, it just get, helps you control your mind when you question shit. Quote, 
To pass from understanding less to understanding more by your own intellectual effort and reading is something like pulling yourself up by your bootstraps. Oh no, a conservative. It certainly feels that way. It is a major exertion. I'm it's hard, bro. <laughs> Obviously, it is more active kind of reading than you have done before, entailing not only more varied activity, but also much more skill in the performance of a various act that's required. Like This is going to solidify his thesis for the next 500 pages. I'm about it. Books are the brain gym. It's not easy. You need resistance and rest. I'm saying you got to take a nap. Like sometimes it feels like you got hit by a truck after you read a chapter. There's a lot going on. Take a fucking nap. It only takes 10 minutes. I'm like Leonardo da Vinci micro napping. <laughs> what the fuck? He says good books are over your head. They would not be if they were not. He's fucking telling you to push harder. Like I'm saying, if you're on the Patreon, I, I'm pushing the outer limits of my thought. No, I'm not smarter than Albert Einstein. Well, we got a book about him coming up. And who knows why that guy's only ever done two interviews. Like, nothing is free. This is hermetic. I have a library card, so I have free knowledge. No, bitch, you have to put an effort and read the goddamn books. The cost. <laughs> There's People say, like... I fall asleep while I read books. You're not engaging yourself, bro. If I read before bed, I would be up all night. It's stimulation. Three more kinds of reading he's got up here. Elementary reading. Basically sounding stuff out. I think it's a Phil Hanley bit I like. I have dyslexia, but my kindergarten teacher still asked me to sound out the words. No, that's reading. Butchered it. <laughs> that's, uh, yeah, sounding shit out is reading and then another one is systematic reading now you're looking for specific things in a book so cherry picking and then he says there's speed reading which um i don't know i guess if i could have one superpower <laughs> nick's nonfiction, a new episode every day you guys think those guys are real they run around the room have the pages laid out and, like, once you read a book from every genre, you could kind of understand what format the author's running, and you just start reading quicker. Take less than a page a minute. Easy. That's what you probably think about me. How does he do it? A book a week? It's not that much, bro. Dudes are doing a hundred out here. I wonder if speed reading is real. Mid-chapter, he's going on to say all four types of reading all have different levels of aptitude. Oh, boy. Level one. What does the sentence say? Subject predicate 1001, level 2. What the book in entirety is trying to say. So that's when I go thesis detected. Then level 3 is how much can you get out of the book in a given time. So he's telling you that this is the third level of reading. If you push yourself, your IQ goes up. IQ by definition is how much information you can retain and how fast you could do it. So... <laughs> Slow down. Never. You can fucking edit how fast the audio goes, bitch. These motherfucking commenters. <laughs> to show you Mortimer is far from perfect here, much like your host. Quote, In the case of good books, the point is not to see how many of them you could get through, but rather, how many of them could get through to you. Pretty fucking gay. <laughs> It's true, but I've said it before, maybe the best way is to do a book every two weeks and let it soak in a little bit more.
My IQ is too high. <laughs> Bro, I have a canary in the coal mine. Don't worry. I know a kid from my hometown. He started learning Russian. He learned four more languages. And then he gets into Sanskrit. People are like, yo, what the fuck are you doing? And then <laughs> he goes trans. And then the story ends even sadder than that. Not that it's had to go. He killed himself. <laughs> like, um... I don't know, don't read a dead language and let demons take over you. <laughs> we got one more quote in this chapter I think is the most important one. This is what he called syntopical reading. Another name for this level might be comparative reading. When reading syntopically, the reader reads many books, not just one, and places them in relaxation after another to a subject about which they all revolve. But mere comparisons of texts is not enough. Syntopical reading involves more. With the help of the books read, the syntopical reader is able to construct an analysis of the subject that may not be in any of the books. It is obviously, therefore, the syntopical reader is most active in the effort mode kind of reader. I didn't even understand, but I read books in between books to see what is overlapping. It's just theorizing. Which is a dirty word. I'm fucking coming up with theories. Why is that a problem? <laughs> and some of them are true. Like, book after book, compiled data, see where the truth overlaps. I cannot trust one single author. I um, need to compare Mortimer to fucking Socrates and every author from history, bitch. Conspiracy theorizing? You just admitted it, bro. It's the highest form of thinking. <laughs> Chapter 2, In Theory. Theory. So I'm saying theorizing? Well, hypothetically! <laughs> the most douchey way to start a sentence <laughs> I don't know how I figured it out through the highest level of reading I'm not just blowing myself here I'm retarded and gay whatever you want to think of me sure put that label on me I figured it out bro <laughs> go to the patreon it's because I wanted truth more than everything and the best place to look this author knows is philosophy Philosophy is like science and unlike history in that it seeks general truths rather than an account of a particular event, either in the near, distant, or past. It makes me smart to know that Christopher Columbus did 1492. <laughs> like the first book on the program was Neil deGrasse. Whole lot of particular facts in that book about the keyhole satellite. Well, you see. <laughs> Neil, Neil Orange, Peel, I got your number. It's counterintuitive. For universal truth, you gotta go to philosophers, not astrophysicists. <laughs> Yo. This is basically his next point. Pigeonholing. If you're only gonna focus on astrophysics, you might be missing out on everything else. And you might want to throw one other book in there once in a while. Nick, you're too ADHD. You're all over the place. Syntopical, bitch. Hell's angels. Serial killers. Rock bands. I am the best researcher ever. <laughs> you just got to avoid pigeonholing yourself, okay? I hate the phraseology here. The trap of expertise. It's pigeonholing. He's got another decent quote about philosophy. The answer is simple. Reading a whole book, and especially a long and difficult one, poses the severest problem any reader can face. Reading a short story is almost always easier than reading a novel. Reading an article is almost always easier than reading a book. You are to understand when we refer to reading of books that the rules expounded refer to lesser and more easily understood materials too. 
So you can use all these tricks next time you watch a movie. It doesn't make you smarter to read the 1,200-page book about the Civil War. Quote, one reason why titles and prefaces are ignored by many readers is that they do not think it is important to classify the books that they are reading. They do not follow this first rule of analytical reading. If they tried to follow it, they would be grateful to the author for helping him. Obviously, the author thinks it's more important to the reader. It's kind of a decent point, but it contradicts his first point about comparing the books. Bro, organization is how you get recall. Like, the more you organize the thoughts and whatever fucking arguments you think and opinions that you have, that's how things come to you quicker. It's not because you haven't read enough. It's because you haven't organized your thoughts yet. And I'm sounding even douchier than him somehow because I've I've read David McCullough books. I love the pre- history of the presidents. I just need some time off right now. I'm breaking up with history in the meantime. Let's get spiritual this fucking spring. And he's ending this one. Decent quote. Every book has a skeleton in its closet. It's your duty as a reader to find it. My skeleton is I'm poor and don't have a life. Like every time you read a book, there's something behind it. I try to be as open with you guys as possible. They're fucking (laughs) books, bro. Then he ends talking about words versus terms. Like, this book is a little bit too meta. It's 500 pages of hyperanalyzation. It definitely teaches you how to be smart, but it's just like business jargon, bro. We'll have to circle back. So, procrastinate. Let's put a pin in it. So, let's procrastinate. That's Monday's problem. (laughs) So, we're going to keep fucking procrastinating. (laughs) He's got a million ways to say the same shit. Keep an active mind. This chapter is philosophy beats science. And use your x-ray vision on the books. Chapter 3. In practicality. Quote, there are genuine mysteries in the world that mark the limits of human knowing and thinking. Wisdom is fortified, not destroyed by understanding its limitations. Ignorance does not make a fool as surely as self-deception. I love that quote. Belief is the enemy of knowing. Like anytime you let somebody tell you something without knowing for yourself, you're just believing. And once you look into things for yourself, then you get into the process of knowing. It's my uninformed versus misinformed bit. If you're not going to go hard, if you're not going to do the research yourself, it's better not to even start. It's Don't even watch the news if you don't care about that stuff. Well, you know it a little bit. Fuck them. <laughs> you got to find someone whose job it is to tell you the news, and there's only two journalists left, Matt Taibbi, Whitney Webb. Doing such good journalism. We need it. Quote, the great authors were great readers, and one way to understand them is to read the books they read. So, like, even Whitney Webb on her website, she has a list of books to read. In practicality, there's no way for me, any journalist, to give anybody 100% of what we got. Like, you think when you read an expose, okay, I'm on that level now. It's what I said before, bro. I'm not trying to teach anybody at this point, but I am being as much honest to show you what I learned. 
I can't do your fucking homework for you. <laughs> Dude. Teaching puts you in a state of belief. And then when you finally do the research, like I'm trying to get you guys to read. Researching puts you in a state of knowing. I don't want people believing me about the shit. What I choose to bring to the table is mostly true. So then you can educate yourself and be in the know rather than believing a podcaster. And for a dollar, come hit me up on Patreon and we'll have some dank conversations. It's frustrating. I wish me and all the journalists wish we could fucking telepathically give you the fucking logic. But, like, this is some universal bullshit. You can't do other people's homework for them. <laughs> Quote, in the expository realm, we have noted that the basic division is into the practical and the theoretical books that are concerned with the problems of action and books that are concerned with only something to be known. The theoretical is further divisible, as we have noticed, into history, science, math, and philosophy. Classification is his point this whole chapter. Let's make it a little more interesting. Random soundboard. Current segment on our show called Explain That Graham. We're going to do a deep dive on our guest. <laughs> Explain That Graham. I think I got a gram of something in my pocket, you know what I'm saying? So, I don't do coke on the show, but here are the seven-story archetypes. First four are all kind of the same. Number one, overcoming the monster. This is the plot of the first book ever, the Epic of Gilgamesh. What did the hooker say to Gilgamesh? I love a man in cuneiform. <laughs> Number two, rags to riches. This is every chick's favorite movie. Crazy rich agents, uh, pretty woman. Number three, the quest. Like, it's hard to beat the Greeks when it comes to a quest. These first four, it's all about overcoming the monster. Number four, voyage and return. Same exact thing, but you have to go home to your wife at the end. Number five, comedy. <laughs> it always has a happy ending. Number six, tragedy. Number seven, rebirth. Those are like your biblical stories and your sci-fi where they don't have to adhere to earthly logic. So there's really no point in all that because most stories use a little bit of each. Quote, practical books thus fall into two main groups. Some like this one, a cookbook or a driver's manual. Bro, I've been looking for books on Captain Cook, but all I could find are cookbooks. <laughs> That guy's journey. <laughs> the other kind of practical book is primarily concerned with the principles that generate rules. Most of the great books in economics, politics, and morals are of this sort. Michael Lewis. That's my man when it comes to the rules of the stock market. Shout out Keith. He recommended Flash Boys. That's going to be coming up this summer. He's going to be the first on the show to hit the 4 P. Mikey Lewis. <laughs> Quote, the child is a natural questioner. It is not the number of questions he asks, but their character that distinguishes him from the adult. Adults do not lose the curiosity that seems to be native in a human trait, but their curiosity deteriorates in quality. They want to know whether something is so, not why. But child's questions are not limited to the sort that they can be answered by an encyclopedia. You need the flexibility of a child to do philosophy. If you turn like into a rigid tightwad, you can't read either or by Soren Kierkegaard. Well, there it is, either or. I have to be committed or I have to be a bachelor. 
or you could just read it for the why. It's not always about the red versus blue. Mortimer. Mortimer. He's going there. No answers to philosophy. Decent point. It's just fucking dudes with insane IQs trying to ask the hardest questions. And then people sit there trying to answer the questions. <laughs> Quote, we are not required to think as children in order to understand existence. Children certainly do not and cannot understand it, if indeed anyone can. But we may be able to see as children see, to wonder as they wonder and ask as they ask. Then ask some big questions, you philosophical twat. Zarathustra might have been my favorite book. Can you awaken the masses? That's my only fucking question. <laughs> Nietzsche says no. Get your supper table and ascend the mountain with them. So the wrong way for me to react is going, Well, Friedrich Nietzsche, I'm going to prove you wrong. I'm going to drop George Carlin truth bombs. My Jean-Jacques Rousseau comedy special, Narcissus, I shall awaken the masses. I'm not going to try to refute this book or anything. This is why YouTube took down my culture war episode. Bro, I get it. <laughs> it's not about choosing teams. It's about ridding ourselves of parasites. Okay? <laughs> People really think reactionary thinking is productive. The only way to progress is thinking outside the established paradigm. Debating! Nah, think outside the fucking box. I can only explain things in comedy. That's my tragic flaw. <laughs> Chapter 4, How to Read. How about this last chapter? You don't tell me how to fucking read. I could figure it out myself. <laughs> I forgot to bring this up. Some of the best writers ever were autodidacts. Truman Capote, Jack London, William Faulkner, H.P. Lovecraft. Tell that to my boy Mortimer Adler. Mark Twain taught himself how to write. Bro, George Orwell... Autodidact. <laughs> Education. It ain't about teachers. It ain't about rules. It's about resources. We're living in a time where you could download any book from history. Mark Twain's library had three books. <clears throat> he called it, bro. We're in an ec epidemic of stupid. People just don't care about their own educations. Last year... I was bugging. Z library got shut down. Like, I had to learn how to use the fucking deep web just so I could read again. <laughs> it's safe to say we're past the age of open information. We're in some sort of a fucking censorship age. Seriously, the FBI shut it down. We're simmering in the fucking Fahrenheit 451 pot. You wonder why I'm not happy-go-lucky comedy guy. Has that time passed? Is Mark Norman doing a bad Bob Hope? <laughs> and maybe Milton Berle was ahead of his time in 1950. <laughs> That's when a lot of Americans tapped out mentally. We're in the perfect society. If you don't make me a face, I shall become a heel. My point with that? Like, if I'm the guy reading the book, I should probably learn the rules. And now that I've learned the rules how to read... Fuck the rules. How to read. <laughs> I figured out, hmm, some topical reading. 
all by myself. I don't know, I'm going to stand by that quip I dropped earlier. Education isn't about rules, it's about resources. (laughs) Bro. I didn't learn from the teachers, I learned from what they learned in the textbooks. It's all a drip fed. So like when I read all these books, I'm looking, who's the source? What material are you sourcing? And all these fucking history dudes are just circle jerking each other. Who's the fucking source? And they don't have one. (laughs) Sorry. That was Patreon rage. We got a couple quotes here to end it. We have now completed the task that lay before us at the beginning of this book. We have shown the activity in the essence of good reading, and that more active reading is the better it is. We have defined active reading as the asking of questions, and we have indicated what questions must be asked of any book. We have identified and discussed the four levels of reading and shown that these are cumulative. Time flies when you're having fun, right? We learned a lot today. Final quote, the body is limited in ways that the mind is not. By the time most people are 30 years old, their bodies are as good as they will ever be. In fact, many persons' bodies have begun to deteriorate. (laughs) He gets a laugh. But there is simply no limit to the amount of growth and development that the mind can sustain. The mind does not stop growing at any particular age unless you become trans and off (laughs) your... The mind, bro, quote, only when the brain itself loses its vigor does the mind lose its power to increase in skill and understanding. Bro, aging starts when you stop growing. Nick's nonfiction, The Brain Gym, every Tuesday. No suits allowed. I love you guys. There it is, How to Read a Book, Mortimer J. Adler. I hope I left you guys with a full-on migraine of thought. Your brain is throbbing after that pump. Get some rest. We'll be back in seven short days. Damn. Harry Schwann on Instagram. Patreon.com slash the niche. Let's get a random soundboard effect in this beach. Is it a comedy? Is it a tragedy? Stay tuned and find out. Nick Munez signing off. Peace.